Well, uh, voting is into the final days for the race to become the next leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, the leader of the official opposition, of course. The winner will be announced a week from tomorrow. The frontrunner, of course, is believed to be Pierre Polyev. He has run a disciplined campaign focusing on some core themes, such as affordability, getting rid of so-called gatekeepers, uh, and the sometimes hard-to-define notion of making Canada freer. It's resonated, though. Obviously, he's been drawing some large crowds for his events right across the country, including out here in B.C. His latest pitch, of, or perhaps his last pitch of the campaign, uh, targets language, though, and specifically what he calls the overuse of overly complicated bureaucratic wording in government. So he's saying if elected prime minister, he would pass a law to mandate the use of so-called plain language within the federal government, meaning uh, not only the fewest and simplest words needed, to state information, but also require legal drafters to write laws as simply as possible. Here's a snippet of a video explaining all this that he posted to social media yesterday. Simple, and as simple as possible, but no simpler, should be our goal when we provide you with government documentation. That is the purpose of the Plain Language Act. And it is the act that I will introduce and pass so that you can understand and deal with all of this government paperwork more easily. Uh, Pierre Polyev there with uh, a classical music background to that uh, to that video, but more or less explaining what it is that he's talking about. Now, this is not without precedent. Uh, the U.S. passed something called the Plain Writing Act in 2010. Uh, New Zealand's looking into adopting a plain language bill as well that's somewhat similar to what he's describing. So is it reasonable? Is it good policy? How do you enforce it? And is it even needed? Joining me now is someone who knows. Cheryl Stevens is a writing coach. He's also author of Plain Language in Plain English. Uh, the title says it all. Thanks so much for your time on this Friday night. I'm happy to be here. So, uh, you know, I, I obviously read a lot of government documents, press releases in particular. I honestly found it's gotten better over the last little while. It's actually a little more clear than it used to be. And I'm wondering how much of a problem bureaucraties, quote unquote, still is these days, do you think? Well, it is a problem to people uh, in Canada because half the population doesn't really have functional language skills. So when you're writing something that affects their daily lives, that's important for them to understand so they can act on it and solve some problem they have, it's not plain enough. But there has been improvement. You know, the, the government some 30 years ago started uh, putting money into and establishing bodies to uh, promote plain language. Uh, we used to have a three-day training for all federal civil servants across the country. And there was there's annual training. I've delivered annual training to some of the agencies of the Canadian government. So, you know, it's on people's tongues, and there's a lot of uh, front-level or lower-level staff across the country who've been trained in 30 years. However, there's also a lot of them, those who have retired in the last 30 years. So um, there is change. It is better. But it's also, there's generally more of an expectation in the public in Canada and elsewhere that that information will be understandable. Right. Especially with social media, I gather, because a lot of government agencies are obviously turning to social media as well, where the clarity has to be there. Um, and, and you're right, you have to teach this stuff. You can't just mandate it and say, you need to, this needs to be clear. You actually have to educate people on how to write in a more clear, in a clearer fashion, so to speak. Um, what are some, I mean, what do you make of this, of this idea then? Because I know, as you pointed out, you, we, we chatted about this on email. There is a U.S. equivalent, a plain writing act. I don't know how successful it's been. New Zealand apparently looking at something similar. What do you make of an idea of actually enacting a law to make this happen? 
Well, everybody's been, you know, advocating that and trying it in certain countries. You know, besides the U.S., they do have such a law. But the problem is that a law is no better than a communication policy if you don't enforce it, if you don't make people accountable and you don't uh, train them. And, uh, you know, Polivar says he's going to have a snitch line. Well, that's no way to enforce uh, a law or a staff expectation. So uh, you have to do that, and that means putting money into it. And who was it who cut back the money that was going to the National Literacy Secretariat and to the libraries that promoted plain language materials and training? It was Harper, and Paul Revere was in his cabinet, you know. So they've eliminated whatever progress, uh, you know, had been made. The money's cut off. And when the liberals came back, and I was hopeful they were going to, you know, pick those things up and deal with them. But they've had their hands full, and uh, I still hope that uh, more will come of it. Yeah, you make an excellent point, I guess, because you can't, uh, having worked in communications myself and in journalism mm-hmm. and so on, you can't just mandate it, right? You can't just say, this needs to be clearer. Again, you need you need to teach people how to write in a clear way, because people tend to fall into these, and I'm sure you know this from having taught uh you know, myriad of bureaucrats how to write or how to write better, um, that they fall into these traps of language that's very common amongst each other because lingo does help within its environment. People understand what they're saying to each other. They just can't communicate to the public that way. And, uh, and, and they need people like other like you to go in and say, okay, here's how you take this and put it into plain language. Yeah. And one of the issues about having some word that's, you know, commonly used in a particular industry or field is, if some of your readers need to hear that word, that's fine, but you should explain it or provide a simpler alternative in the text you're writing. Um, and, and that's easy to do. It's all, in my opinion, and I've worked with lawyers for that many years as well, and it's all a matter of attitude. If somebody wants to be understood clearly and doesn't feel concerned for their client or their public, they just, you know, they just spew out words. If you really want to get a message across, you stop and think about who the people are, what they need to know, how you should address them, you know, what's the best way to reach them. And uh, that that's what you need to do. Have the right attitude. You need to have the training. Now, I've trained um, civil servants who said to me, yeah, this is all nice and fine. They gave us a day to come here and learn this. But if we write like this, our manager will reject it. And they, you know, the managers are the ones, you know, putting a lid on things. And um, they're fearful. They're fearful that the people below them are going to reject it and everybody's going to have to do the work all over. So that's why you have to have leadership from the top and not and not lip service, you know, not just, well, there's a law. Why aren't we? uh, Why isn't it happening? You know, that doesn't work. Yeah. One of the things I found interesting, I guess, was a Federation of Independent Business study that found about 80 percent would like to see wording and regulations and guidance simplified. And that made a lot more sense to me than, say, just overall government communication, that really when people are trying to figure out how to apply for something or how to uh, meet certain uh, requirements or standards, that um, that that text has to be simple and easy to follow. And also, there was a mention from from Pierre Polyev about about legal drafts as well. That strikes me as being more difficult because then you're crossing between that idea of technical and that idea of simple. And I don't know how difficult that is. You, you would know. Yeah, you can cross it easily. It's it's quite possible to produce plain language laws. And the and the philosophy there is that people 
are not free of the enforcement of law just because they don't understand it. You know, ignorance of the law is no excuse, but it's also no excuse for the government to leave people ignorant of the law. And, I, you know, years ago I worked with a, a division of the Department of Justice in Ottawa whose goal, whose aim and purpose was to make sure the public understood new laws that were coming in so they could obey them. So, so a lot of this work, and you pointed this out, a lot of this work is already being done. It just does, there's no there's no law in place for it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you've said that this that people are already fully aware that this needs to be done. Um, do if there was a law, how would mm-hmm. you enforce it? Well, what they do, um, what they do in the U.S. is get the departments to report annually on what progress they made in in training and in rewriting the existing documents as well as training people who write new documents. But I can tell you that when Sheila Fraser was Auditor General here, it was her duty to enforce the communications policy. She didn't have to have a law. So every year when they audited each government department, they would also look into whether they'd done any training in plain language, whether they'd gotten through the revision of any of their documents, and it would be reported to Parliament, you know. Um, and it was embarrassing to departments if they hadn't done. And in the States now, there's actually a private group, a uh, um, the Center for Plain Language, and annually they put out a report card on each government department. They look at what they've accomplished and say they got an A or a B or an F. And if you get an F, there'll be publicity, and you better straighten your department up the next year, you know. Um, there's ways to motivate your staff, and, I mean, it doesn't matter where they I, – I, I'm almost the only person who thinks this, but it doesn't matter if you have a law or policy. You need the money and the uh, accountability. Writing coach and trainer Cheryl Stevens, the author of Plain Language and Plain English, is with us this half hour. We're talking about Pierre Polyev's idea to enact a law enforcing uh, plain language or eliminating so-called bureaucraties from uh, official Canadian government uh, communication. And we've been talking about why a lot of this is already in place. In fact, all you really need is better training, more money and some commitment to it, and it can be done. Uh, So I guess that really is the solution here, uh, Cheryl Stevens, in terms of how it could be done without necessarily needing to put in a law, which sounds like it would just be more bureaucracy, which I don't think is really the answer here. No, I don't think so. In fact, all they'd have to say is tell the Auditor's General Office it's now uh, your duty to check up every year, make sure they're using language that our uh, that our people can understand, because that's what our communication policy requires, and it can be done. I just I'd like to tell you that Canada has been a world leader in p- developing and promoting plain language. Um, the Plain Language Association International, which now has people in I think 55 countries, started here, and uh, and we also were the first to call it plain language because another. Before that, wherever it was talked about, it was plain English. But obviously right. in Canada, we have two languages. And, and then there are countries in Europe who have other two languages. So uh, we've really been on the lead on this, and we've been doing this work for 30 years. Um, now, you wanted to know how training is done. And I tell you that when um, uh, people take a course at university or uh, college or anywhere, What they're learning, being taught, is Aristotle's rhetoric, you know? They're being told, think about who's going to read this. Think about what your reason is, why you're bothering them with this information, and use that to sort out a message that speaks to them, and they will understand it. Um, 
so that's the best way to go about it. And it just with some people I coach, I, I re- look at their writing and, and talk to them, and all I say, well, all you need to do is stop before you put your pen to paper and think about these concerns. And it might only take them one minute, you know, just give their thought to seeing the reader in their mind while they're writing to that person. But the problem has been that with plain language and government efforts, especially in the U.S., they have like 33 laws in in various states that required plain language in consumer documents. And it was a good effort to get something moving, but they measured it um, by grade level. And to measure whether uh, a document, a material, serves a particular grade level, they developed formulas using arithmetic. So uh, short words got more points and short sentences got more points. But you can produce gobbledygook. I mean, you can produce nonsense just using short words and short sentences and and nothing that anybody can understand. So fortunately, um, in the last 30 years, there's been a lot of money going into brain research. And the reason it's been going there is because people with money in uh, artificial intelligence companies want to know how our brains read and think and write and then try to make the machines do it. So it's been fortunate for the rest of us that the lessons that have been learned from that brain research uh, can be applied in how we write. And that's what my next book is going to be about, uh, how you write for the reader brain. There's a couple of people in Europe who've already done this, but only within the language of Danish or other. So this will be, this is new for English and French. I can tell you what those tips are. Yes, I only have a couple of minutes left, but please go ahead, by all means. Okay. So you, uh, there's a default uh, system that the brain expects from a sentence, and that is that it starts with a subject, closely followed by the verb, and then finishes off with whatever else you want to think. But if you sort of, every time you write a sentence, you think, I've got to start with someone or something doing something, um, you're going to be a great, great ahead. And also with words, it doesn't matter whether they're Anglo-Saxon or they're short or whatever, it's are they familiar to your particular readers? And you can look that up on the Internet. You can Google 3,000 word list and find the most commonly used words. Um, And then the other thing is use every word to do work. Don't just blather on. Yes, indeed. Yes. Uh, yes. Those are all very, that's all very good advice. Cheryl Stevens, thank you so much for weighing in on this. I'm, uh, I did not know that we'd invented the term plain language. So you learn something new every single night on this show, which always uh, thrills me. So thanks so much for your time. And uh, especially on a Friday night before a long weekend. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks.